Welcome to this episode of Speak with Brandy B. Love. Today, our special guest is Sunny from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome, Sunny. Hi, thank you for having me on here, Brandy. I'm so excited to unravel what's going to come through for us today in this in this speak session. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm really excited to have you too. And I think we can start off by just talking about how we know each other, our connection, which is through the Dharma Coach. Dharma Coaching Institute, um, which we both attended the same cohort, which started in April of 2022, and we graduated last year. Um, I'm wondering how you kind of fell into that, how you found um, DCI and what that meant for you at that point in your life. Okay, so I love this question. Um, So DCI and Sahara and coaching, all of that was it wasn't like I was planning to find it or anything. I think back in 2020 was when I started having thoughts because at the time my my business had to go on pause. Probably a lot of us had to go on pause during that time and not work. So I was forced to pause. And that's when I started having these ideas of like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if I would be good as like a life coach or something. I wonder what it takes to even get into that. But then my business reopened and the thought of being a coach kind of just slipped my mind and it left. But around, I guess that like a, a month before we started DCI. Yeah. A month before DCI opened for us, um, I had this experience where I channeled my great grandfather And this all happened with me taking for the first time a half a gram of mushroom. So I I went into this mushroom experience, not expecting anything to come out of it. Uh, Like I had, it was like my very first time experimenting with mushrooms. I was still very new to, I guess what you would consider drugs. I had never done like weed or anything like that beforehand, but I felt so called to try this mushroom experience at the time I was 28. I'm 29 now, but I was like, I'm old enough and I'm mature enough to experiment with this. Like it's only half a gram. Like I'm probably just going to feel happier or something. Let's see what happens. And I was outside and I was underneath this tree that's in my backyard. And suddenly I, I felt like I had this ability of channeling someone and it was it came on so strongly and I was like I feel like I can channel somebody right now and I was like let's test it let's see what happens like let me call someone and then I was like wait I don't know anybody to call on because everyone I know is still alive so then the idea popped into my head like oh I should channel my great-grandfather He's somebody that my my grandma always talks about or had been talking about more recently. So I was like, okay, let's see if this works. I don't even know his name. I don't remember it. I don't know what he looked like, but okay, let's see if this works. So then I start saying like, okay, great grandfather, if you can come through right now, that would be really cool. And immediately, like immediately with no hesitation, he was in my face and I saw his face and it was like, the way I can describe it is if imagine that there's like a, a filter in front of your face, like those phone filters, like whenever you use like a filter to like change the way your face looks, but -hmm. it was like that, it was like that. It was so vivid, but it was like, he was so presently here in front of me. Like suddenly there's just like this filter 
in front of me that I can vividly see and I could feel him and I could see him. He came through with a huge smile on his face and this warm, angelic, innocent energy. And I was blown away. I was like caught off so completely off guard um, and amazed by how, how intense the, his, like how intense it felt to be in that moment with him for the very first time in my life, like meeting him for the first time in my life, but also realizing that his energy was so present and so familiar that it felt like this wasn't the first time we've met. Like it felt like he's always been there. It felt like he's always been at all of our birthday parties. He's been at all of the Christmases, all of the family things. Like he's literally always been there. His energy was so familiar and immediately I was like wow my grandma was so right about you she kept saying that you were an innocent pure soul and I didn't believe her like I thought she was just saying that because it's her dad like who's not going to say that about their dad that passed away but um but she was so right because that's exactly how I felt I felt that he was an angel like this the strong angel presence he told me Um, Well, first he was kind of giggling with me because I was fangirling over him um, (laughs) and then realizing that the huge smile he has is actually something that he passed on to our family. Like I never realized that he's the one that passed it on. I knew my grandma has this huge smile too. So I always referenced my huge smile to hers, but it was really sweet to notice like she gets it from you and I get it from you too. Like that's so beautiful that, that we like used to live through us just through your smile. But anyway, after fangirling and having that moment of like, oh my gosh, like you're amazing. He then started talking to me about how we are here to help people remember their purpose in life, um, which immediately made me question like, wait, so it's true. Like we do have a purpose in life. Cause I always wondered about that. I always wondered, like, are we just here? Like I, in that moment of my life, I was having these thoughts too, where I was wondering, like, is it like, it kind of sucks that we're just here and we don't really know what the heck we're doing. Like, it kind of feels like I'm wasting my time, but he was able to confirm for me, like, okay, it's true. Like you do have a purpose. Like, yes, we need you to be thinking about this because it's real. It's not just something that's in the back of your head. We need to bring it to the front and center of your mind. Um, And I was like, okay, well, how do, how do we remember our purpose in life? And he said that it's simply by healing through self-love, by simply learning how to heal through self-love. That's it. That's how you remember your purpose. Um, so that was, that was how that seed was, was planted in my mind about us having a purpose. And then about a week later, I was watching one of, um, one of my favorite YouTubers named Sky Life. She makes like spiritual YouTube videos where she interviews people. And she was at the time interviewing Sahara and I felt really called, I felt really called to watch that, um, that video for whatever reason, I didn't know why, but I was like, I feel like I need to watch this video. And I did. And they're talking about soul's purpose and the Dharma coaching Institute and what that's all about. And, and she, I think they were going to close doors like a week after that video. So she was like, if you're watching this video right now and you feel called to join us, like you got a week. And I was like, Oh my God, like I have to join. Like this is, this is everything I ever needed. Um, 
I don't know why, but like it, it aligns completely with everything my great grandfather was literally just telling me a week ago. I have to do this. Like this is a major sign right here from the universe that this is my ticket in. And so that's how I joined. <laughs> that is so, that is so amazing. Like what a brilliant story and experience for you to like, to live through, to feel, um, as you describe it, it's palpable. Like I can really literally imagine you having this conversation with your gra- great grandfather, um, in the infectiousness, um, and the really good positive way of his smile. Um, mm-hmm. and I had not a similar experience to all of that, but a similar experience in watching the video, the marketing video for DCI and hearing the language that was used and knowing that this is the language that I use, mm-hmm. but that I've never been able to barely talk to anybody about it. And when I have, it's been shut down and kind of hidden and put as like this little sea inside of my heart, because I was fearful at some point to tell anybody else about it. Cause they just kept wanting to, you know, say, no, you know, this is not how it works. You know, there, there right. isn't some greater purpose or there isn't abundance or whatever. Yeah. And so to be, to be in that, I thought the same thing, I, I have to join this. I have to join this. And I think this was the yeah, this was definitely aside from my undergraduate degree, this was the biggest investment that I made in some sort of education for myself. And I really resonate with the whole idea of business closing down. So I had a catering company, which did make it through COVID. Um, but just like yours, where it's this really in-person um, connection with people. Mm-hmm. So you're doing facials, I'm cooking food these are two of the things that were shut down the longest and it really started, right. It started me questioning also about the life coaching. And I had thought about it um, for a while before that, just because I was doing it for, for free for people that I loved, but not really getting the results because they weren't, they were thankful, but they weren't really ready to make the shifts. And so this is so much more rewarding for sure. Being able to help people in a very tangible way that are ready, ready for change and wanting it and desiring it and facing burnout and all of these different things. Um, How have you, well, two things. One, I know you identify as a medium now after this experience and, (laughs) and um, as a spiritual and soul purpose coach, which is amazing. What was the kind of transition that, well, first, was this your first example of being able to channel somebody and, you know, looking back after that one was so vivid, maybe that happened to you before, but you weren't so aware. And then kind of what has the journey been like since with channeling people and medium and are you able to do it for other people or is it mostly just your people? Yeah. So I want to say, because I never knew that I was like I didn't know for sure if I ever was a medium but it was always something I was interested in I always thought like mediums were so cool um but before all of that I mean before I found out that I really was I think that it's kind of like when you're just talking to an imaginary friend type of thing um I feel like a lot of us are mediums and aren't aware of it because the downloads are so natural that we think it's coming from us but a lot of times it's like we're channeling from like higher dimensions higher realms um so I did have a dream where I was told I think this was 
maybe two years after I graduated high school, I was told in a dream that I was speaking with spirits and that I had the same gifts and abilities that my great grandmother on my mom's side had. And so I woke up from that dream and I, I didn't know really much about my great grandmother. So I asked my mom and I was like, Hey, I had this dream where I was told that I have the same gifts and abilities of being able to speak to dead people as your grandmother. Is that true? Like, was she, do you know if she was a medium? And she ended up telling me like, yeah, actually she back in Mexico, she would, she would, she was a psychic. Like she could see through the water, like she would channel through water and like be able to see scenarios playing out. And she would, um, she would know where, like spirits would tell her where treasures were buried and like she would have people help her dig things up. And like, sure enough, there's always things there. Um, I don't do any of that. Uh, that would be really cool. But so far that hasn't come across my realm. Maybe not yet. <laughs> um, but she was able to say yes. Like, yeah, you that that is real. So that was when I guess that seed was planted for me of like, maybe I am a medium. But after that, I never had any anything that told me for sure until I started questioning it again after I channeled my great grandfather. That's when that's when it started to, I guess, become more conscious for me that perhaps maybe I really am a medium. But after the encounter with my great grandfather, I was still saying or still thinking that perhaps maybe my medium abilities only come through because of the mushroom. Like it's the mushroom that's making me become a medium. Like that's giving me this ability. Mm -hmm. So then I ended up having a very, because, because I had an amazing experience with my great grandfather, of course I was going to want to do it again. Yeah. So I wanted to have, I wanted to, I, I even planned it out. I was like, I'm going to ask all these questions and I can't wait to like see who comes to me next. And so I did the mushroom again and I decided to do one gram this time. And I did half a gram last time. I, I was like, well, maybe with one gram, I'll like experience so much more. Like I'll be able to channel better. I don't know, something ma more magical is going to happen. But it turned out to be the worst experience of my life that even now I'm still I feel like my sister says that I have PTSD from it it was wow. it was so triggering <laughs> so after coming out of that experience I um I, I I started saying like well maybe I was put in a spiritual timeout and I started channeling like they were basically telling me you don't need this don't rely on this to talk to us. This mm -hmm. is a placebo effect. Do not, do not use this the way that you were using it before. <laughs> Don't ever do that again, basically. So I haven't touched mushrooms ever again since then, but I was still wondering, well, like, how do I, like, how do I do it? And I then consulted with the psychic mentor that I was normally seeing for advice on my business. His name is Trace. And, um, I owe a lot to Trace. I love him so much because he is really the reason why I was able to believe in myself with being a medium. I told him my story um, about my great grandfather and I told him the story about the second mushroom trip. And 
he was able to see through all of that. And he was like, you know what, Sunny, I really think you're a medium. Let, let me kind of like guide you to, to like, uh, I guess channeling for me, let me just guide you and see what happens. And he was like, are you open to that? And I was like, yes. So then he guided me through, um, getting into a meditative state and he was like, all right, now channel for me. And I was able to channel his grandfather. And at the time, well, after saying what I was thinking that I was receiving, I was afraid that I got everything wrong and that I was just coming up with random ideas. But he was like, no, every, like literally everything you said, Sunny, every single thing you said was so accurate. You're literally a medium. And so that's, that's where I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay okay, I am a medium. It's not just like the mushroom. It's not just me hoping, hoping that I am. It's real. So that's kind of how I started to believe in myself a little bit more. Um, But even after that, even after that, it still was hard for me to really own it and to really trust the, the downloads and what I was seeing and to be able to tell people that So what I've learned more recently is that just trust, just trust it, trust what's coming through for you in that moment. Just say all of it. And if it, if it triggers the person, like it's okay, at least you said what was on your mind and your heart and in your chest, like at least you said it. So after allowing myself to like, just fully dive in with my clients and tell them everything that I'm experiencing, seeing, hearing, and all of that my sessions have become so much like they've really helped me just step into my confidence even more um ever since i was able to allow myself to just speak what's what's coming through for me so naturally and um and that's really helped me even with the confidence it's helped me get more more clients in the door for me because now i'm like oh my god yes it's true like i am doing this for real like it's all real let me help you. So now I'm like so desperate to like help people because I know that I can. <laughs> that is that is so powerful and and amazing levels. Um, I think what a what a blessing that you were able to do that with this guy, right? So that you had yeah. that it was a trusted space. He wasn't your client, and no. so you were able to just really go into that. But I understand the fact that there's still that fear around it of, I mean, sp- quite specifically what you described of, wait, is this just in my head? Like, is yeah. this just something I'm making up? Yeah. Um, because we're not really brought up in a culture or society where, where this is um, normalized, right? It's, exactly. It's has all sorts of different word choices that I almost don't even want to use because like witchy came to me. But mm-hmm. I think of witchy is so good, but in, in our culture, it's more like, um, that means it's not true. Exactly. It's, right. Yeah. So this is powerful. And I love to hear that you were, it increased your clients coming to you, like being attracted mm-hmm. to you, but also that it increased you and your confidence of being like, I'm on a mission now. Like I want to use this gift and help people. (laughs) Exactly. It was like a huge turning point of it just, all I needed, all that was missing was me believing in myself. And now that I do, it's like, okay, let's, let's put it to work. Like I have to, it's like, there's no more doubting. I can't go back to self doubt here. It's only moving forward from here with this new confidence that I've, um, that I now have. (laughs) Yeah, that's brilliant. And 
Um, you know, I wanted to say about the mushroom dosage when you first took it, not when you shared the bad experience that you had mm-hmm. when doubling your dose, but the 0.5 is really kind of like a mini dose. So there's microdosing, which is, you know, like the, instead of the one gram, it's like 0.1, which people do in Silicon Valley and drive and go to work. And like our tech geniuses are doing this every day. Not all right. of them, but a lot of them. <laughs> um, and then that one gram dose is like, I would say a medical dose. And that, that 0.5 is like, um, you know, like plant medicine, like you, it would be, it would be beneficial if somebody for the first time doing one had a guide for them, mm-hmm. had somebody there to support them and lead them through that. But I oh understand, gosh, yeah. right? Like <laughs> I wish I had that. I so wish I had that because it was the worst thing I ever experienced without, without the support that I needed. I really did not. My sister came through, she was able to support me, but everyone who I thought I could rely on during that time, like I couldn't see them for who they were. I was, I was thinking that like my mom, I don't know if you want me to talk about this, (laughs) about the, about the bad experience that I had. If you're comfortable sharing, I mean, I think it's really educational for people to understand that that dosage, when I say medical, it's medicine. Like when people do ayahuasca, it's like your shadows are going to come up. The fears, the, the, the illusions are going to come up at that dose. Cause that's truly what happened. It was, it was like, I felt, okay, actually, let me go back because at first I went back outside, I was under my tree And at first I literally started to feel like I was on another planet. And I started to feel like I was on a planet that I remember from childhood. And, and then that brief, like two minutes that I was experiencing this remembrance and seeing it, I I was enjoying it. And I was like, it was meaning so much to me. And I was like, I feel like I remember this from childhood. I feel like I'm on another planet right now. And then I looked down at the grass and there was this tiny little snail on the blade of grass and I studied it and I realized that there's a whole little universe where time moves differently. And I could see the snail's universe and for the first time I could see how beautiful this tiny little snail's universe was when normally like you just see a little snail and like you don't <laughs> you don't see like the magic that's truly in that moment in that little in that tiny space that a lot of us don't get to really look at or see. So I guess I was seeing things from the perspective of a child, perhaps. And then the next thing that happened was I heard a bird fly by, but it sounded like it was huge. And when I looked up, it actually was huge. And that kind of startled me because I was like, oh my God, like, was that like, what the heck? And then my husband, who was getting breakfast um, at the time and he had just come come back home and he opened the door to the backyard and he was like hey do you want any breakfast and the bird had just passed by and I asked him I was like hey was that bird really big or was that just me and he was like what are you talking about what bird (laughs) so that's where I freaked the heck out because I was like oh my god I'm not in control like I'm seeing things Mm -hmm. like I'm not in control what the heck is happening Um, and that's where it started to spiral (laughs) and it, it went from like, what could have been an amazing experience to 
now I'm scared and I feel like I don't have control. And, and I, I, I told my husband, I was like, I need to come inside. Like, I don't feel safe anymore. Like I want to get off this mushroom experience. And he was like, okay, well here, eat, just eat this. And he had gotten Burger King, <laughs> Burger King breakfast, which normally I'm always so excited, um, especially cause I don't eat it regularly. So he tried to give me like a little, like a French fry or something. And I tried to eat it and I, I, I had to spit it out. And I was like, I can't like this, this isn't real. This food isn't real. Like, and then I started saying like, none of this is real. I'm not even hungry right now. Like I don't have that need or the desire to even eat. <sighs> so that made me, it, again, it continued to spiral. And then I saw my husband sitting there eating his breakfast, unbothered by everything that I was saying. And also to give you a little bit of background on him is that he is not into spirituality on any kind of level. Okay. He, he, I always try to get an understanding of him of like, do you believe that I'm a medium or what the heck do you think I'm doing? Like with my clients and why do you think it's so successful if you don't believe in it? But anyway, that's just him. So he's very, yeah. like, very, very logical. Um, and so, yeah, he's just eating his breakfast unbothered um, <laughs> by what I'm experiencing. And then I, I, I start to think to myself like, oh my God, he's not real either. He's mm -hmm. not real. I made him up. Like I'm, I'm in denial. I'm in denial that I made everybody up. Like I'm God and everybody around me is part of my imagination that I had to create to help me feel better about being alone. Cause I'm a lonely God. Like I'm just, I'm God and I don't have anybody like everybody's hmm. fake. Like I I'm in denial. So I, I just, it kept getting worse. So like, that was my mindset. I was like, everybody's fake. Like nobody's real. I was like having like this terrible time of feeling like my whole life was a lie and that I was just like I don't know anyway I called my sister and I called my mom I was like well maybe they can help me feel better and it took for it felt like it took forever for them to get to me but I also want to say time was probably for me like I was experiencing it so different oh yeah um, I'm sure than they were and to make a long story short I, I thought that I was going to be able to find comfort in them, but I realized that when I tried to hug them and I tried to feel the connection that I, I only felt like I was hugging a shell version of them. I, I didn't feel the connection. I didn't feel like it was real and it just kept making me feel worse and worse. But, um, my sister was able to kind of get me out of it. And she was like, why did you take the mushroom? Like, what questions were you trying to get answered? And then in my mind, the first one popped up and I was like, oh, I was trying to figure out like what I need to be healthy. Like, what kind of food do I need to be eating to be healthy? So she just started with that. She was treating me like a like a kindergarten teacher, like trying to mm -hmm. understand this little child <laughs> that's having a mental breakdown. And so she was being very gentle, asking me these questions. And she was like, OK, well well, what do you need to be healthy? Like, what kind of food do you need to be eating? What, what kind of nutrients? And I was like, um, like oranges, like fruits. And she was like, okay, so you need to eat fruits. And I was like, yeah. So anyway, her talking to me like that helped me. It helped me feel a little bit better. And then it just took time for me to get the heck over it. But I still, even just two nights ago, whenever I have an expansive moment, 
um, I, I don't know what to call that, but whenever, I guess, because we're all in this awakening journey, there are times that I've noticed where I have moments of expansion where I feel like I literally do get pulled out of my body a little bit and I experience something out of the ordinary and I can't help but to resort back into fear because of that experience that I had where I feel like I don't have control. So that's something I'm trying to still heal from because I know that through this awakening journey and through this self-love healing journey that happens simultaneously, we are going to continue to experience things that are not considered normal. We're going to experience things that are out of the ordinary, just like, like, I don't know how to explain as if we're on drugs, but we're not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what I've been experiencing. Um, but it's, it's like, it's trying to show me something beautiful, but my fear keeps shutting it down. Cause I don't allow myself to just like, like, let go, let go of the control, like you're safe, get in your body. So I've, I've, that's something I've learned about myself recently is that I still struggle with being fully in my body and feeling safe in my body to be able to experience this crazy stuff that I'm experiencing as a healing, um, human being going through this awakening because there's so much that we're not guided on like I feel at least I personally feel that way like I don't have anyone where I could tell them like do you do you know what I'm going through Um, well that's okay so there's a few things coming up for me right now for with you is I almost wonder if if it would be advantageous for you to do the mushrooms again but with a guide and I'm not a guide, so I'm not like diagnosing that that's what you should do or right. whatever, <laughs> but it comes to me to like, because when you mentioned like the PTSD kind of aspect of that, mm-hmm. not that you're diagnosing that, but that suggestion of that, like I can see that. And, and sometimes the way to undo that is to redo the experience, but in the safer way. Right. Yes. And even from what you say about how your sister was able to like ask you these questions is you needed a guy like that's telling me like you needed a guide right definitely and it makes a lot of sense about the burger king food when really what you needed was the nutrients and not right. this kind of like fake food exactly <laughs> um so that makes a lot of sense and um and i really resonate also with what you're saying about like these experiences without the drugs and how they kind of feel like that too but then how that triggers that for you So Mm -hmm. I recently, um, so you and I have chatted a little bit um, online about this past life regression stuff and right. And so um, one of the things that um, came to me, this, those could also be similarly um, challenging situations where you're feeling like um, just like in the etheric realm and outside of the grounding of your physical human body. Mm-hmm. And I had an experience back in March where um, I did a regression, but I did it on myself without anybody else around, wow. which was like wild. And I don't think I really talked about that a lot uh, wow. publicly, um, but it was, it was, it was very wild. And it led me into an astral projection and I was absolutely outside of my body. Oh and my when, goodness. yes. And <laughs> this is where I'm like, having a guide or at least a good alarm clock would have really helped because (laughs) I was out there for like two hours 
And (laughs) when I came back into my body, I was like shaking like a leaf. Like I was, I was like, and the only thing I knew um, was to eat bacon. (laughs) I was like, I need to eat bacon because that is what is going to like literally ground me into this physical body. That is so heavy. Yeah. So like it's, you know, and it's sorry so to grounding. any of the listeners that are like, ah, pig, like, cause I get that too. I'm a nature, I'm an animal lover. It's, it's a, you know, one of those dichotomies of my life that I struggle with, but yeah, it grounded me and I needed it. It was the only thing I could come up with. And, um, for like, gosh, probably at least two weeks later, but especially the three days after that, every time I went to sleep, I astral projected. So it wasn't just a dream state. It was literally outside of my body. I would go. Oh my gosh. And it was so like, it was just like you say, it's like I was tripping, but I wasn't on drugs. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, wow. Right. So, and there was a lot of that kind of, in the first, in the initial one was I was, spirits were coming to me, but they weren't all good. And so I put myself in this capsule of white light that Mm -hmm. ended up like in my projection was me being in what I called like my, not time capsule, but my travel capsule. Mm -hmm. Like this is how I travel through time and space. And I remember going so far that I felt that I lived through 50 or a hundred incarnations of my soul in that experience. Wow. It was, and you know, how do you talk about this, right? Like, this is what you're saying, right? And so, like, people are like, oh, wait, do we like call up the local mental institution? Exactly. Like, who do we go to? Because you're going to feel like you're psych, like you're insane. (laughs) Right. Like, there's something wrong with you. Like, you're not normal anymore. Like, you got to take stuff so that you can be normal again. Mind you, I grounded myself and came back and, you know, and, and so I think back to like the childhood experiences and one of the um, earliest memories that I have of having some sort of like, I don't know, extra sense that I really believe we all can have. We're just kind of taught not to, or it's Mm -hmm. dumbed out of us for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a dream of it was I was in the fourth grade and I had this dream that it was going to rain a lot out and my umbrella was going to be turned inside out and that the teachers were going to say and you know this is only on voice so the audience won't be able to see this but it was like this they're like there's this much rain which for the audience I'm showing about a foot of rain and and I had this dream and then it felt so like it was going to happen right like this was like a prophecy and then about, I don't know, six or eight months later, this was like in the fall of my fourth grade year. And in the spring, this event actually happened. And my umbrella, t- the, the whole thing. And I remember telling people about it. And I just got, eh, psh, that's not true. That's not true. You know, it was like brushed under the rug. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that was the, my first memory. It's my first memory of the experience of me seeing things and being told that they don't exist. Wow. I still have that umbrella, by the way. Wow. And that continued like through my, 
you know, my teen years when I started to fall in love and partners and this and that. And it was about six years before DCI where I started to say, you know what? I'm done keeping this down, um, these different things. And then certainly Mm -hmm. doing DCI helps to be like, okay, there's other, like we found our community. And I think really for me, the most I took out of DCI honestly was our community, not even the less, not even the teachings. Same. (laughs) So totally agree with you on that for sure. (laughs) Like it's okay. There's others out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And around that time that I was sharing with you about March with the astral projection, I had this phone call with uh, another DCI person and we had been talking a lot. We were in some groups together and we were talking about some pretty like touchy subjects. And all of a sudden I I didn't know if we were being um, like hacked Mm -hmm. because his voice completely changed. Mm hmm. But it didn't really change. But I didn't know that till later. Like it took about a week of us like going over and figuring it out. But he started to sound like an Irishman. And then he started to sound Scottish. And then he started to ask me questions about some plans that I had had for this past September that I was like toying with doing and asking me my intentions of why and all of this. And I'm like freaked out because I'm like... Okay, like I've channeled like family members that I know, like my direct relatives, I happen to have a lot of relatives that are dead that are in my like, I grew up with. And so I'm like, I'm legitimately thinking the government's like hacking us. I mean, I know, like I had, I know their capabilities and I'm like, so I'm like asking him questions and he's kind of like freaking out. Like, have you lost your mind? Like, (laughs) what is going on here? And I'm saying like, I'm telling him about animal medicine. He's thinking I'm like eating these men, like, um, but I'm talking about like spirit animal, like all of this. And this mm-hmm. is when it went wonky was when I was talking about spirit animals okay. and, and this all happened and I freaked out. And so I call him the next day and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. You know, like this happening. He's like, well, I was wondering the same about you. You're talking about like, is this really you? We've been on the phone for four hours. Like, what are you talking about? So funny. And so what I realized is that I channeled a person through him. His voice changed because I was channeling somebody from my ancestors and through him. And he had no knowledge of it, but he's an open vessel because he's done psychic work. He's done all of these things. So okay. even though in the moment he wasn't aware, he was the vessel that I was channeling through. Wow. And it was so wild. And the questions that I w- that was asking, it was really good. It was about, I was going to go to Italy this September. And, and the, the Scottish guy with this deep accent is like, why do you want to go? really look into yourself and see why you want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I was like blown away, you know, and I think that that was, I haven't really practiced with it a lot since, but that was my, what I know is that was my first experience with somebody that I've never met in my life. Mm -hmm. That was some sort of either ancestral or past life person for me. That is so cool. 
That's such a cool story. Like, I want to hear more stories like that. I want to continue to hear your story about that. That is so interesting. It helps me feel better, too, because I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one experiencing stuff that's, like, super wild, like, super something you wouldn't ever imagine to happen. I'm not the only one. (laughs) But that's so interesting. And I'll share one more story with you. I went to Portugal last January. And there's a woman who's part of another community that I'm a part of. And she was there and she told us for the first time that she was a medium. She had never told anybody. And she was so scared. And she told us, and it was a very safe group. And I just met with her, like, I don't know, two months ago, maybe on a group call. And she's now actively practicing. When she finally let it out, Mm -hmm. she's so called to help heal people, specifically Mm -hmm. people who have gifts but are either kill themselves because Mm -hmm. it's so big or put in insane asylums because, Mm -hmm. and that's her mission now is to just help people understand that, you know, there, I mean, of course there are mental illnesses. I'm not trying to take away from that or tell the audience that that doesn't exist. It does exist. There's meant there's, there's neurodiversity. That is true. But there is also the fact that these things have just been grouped together and teasing them apart. Um, feels really important at this juncture in our evolution as humans yeah because it can it totally feels like you're losing your mind and I know that if I were to rely on help that I feel like I would get put into a mental institution because I'm I believe that's what happened to my my grandmother's brother and 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 that's what I experienced in that mushroom the last mushroom trip I feel like I felt what he went through of, mm. of believing that there, like, because one thing, one other thing that happened was there was a point where I literally felt like I was him. And I felt like I was, um, that I was crazy that I was like, Oh my God, this whole time, like my sister was my nurse. And I, this whole time I've been in a psych ward mm. and I'm having some kind of episode and my whole life was a lie I thought that I was sunny but I'm actually like my grandma's brother it was terrible but I I got to experience what it felt like to be made to believe that you are crazy because when someone tells you that or labels you like that like it's like how do you come back from that so I think that's part of the reason why I had to experience it but anyway I'm still traumatized from it it was it was so intense and so yeah, I'm glad to hear that it. I'm glad to hear that somebody is out there like wanting to help people like that because I feel like my grandma's brother, like it's if there's any work that I'm doing, it's similar as to like wanting to make sure that people are guided in the proper way and that they know that they're not the only one and they're they're not crazy. And there's that's why I want to become a lighthouse for my business now. Um with making sure people know, like, you can come here, like, we, you have a safe space here, we understand you, we understand what you're going through, you're not alone. That's why that's so important for me. I love that. I mean, I think that's such good work, right? Like, we all have our missions. And one of my biggest beliefs is that if we all do what makes our hearts sing, then we can live in a world of abundance. It's not some utopian idea. It's factual, it can happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like you come into focus of what what your purpose is with like just severe clarity and that is to be this lighthouse and to show up and support and help others heal 
either their trauma or just like their um, lack of knowing that there is deep purpose and there is, our time is worth something. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Not to like um, get away too much, but I do want to talk about this because I think it's a really important subject is so the business that you had pre COVID, you still run, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I don't want to say a beauty service. I want to say more of like a health health service really, and a self-care service about the facials and um, what your experience was um, when you first had this awakening and wanting to bring this type of support and, and wholeness, like this whole healthness to your business and kind of how you, um, the first steps you took and how that worked or didn't work. And now how you want to integrate that at this point, a year later from making those shifts and, Mm -hmm. and integrating this in your own life. So, Okay, what was your question again, real quick? So basically, um, just about the fact that um, after you did DCI, yes. and you had this spiritual awakenings, you made some changes in your business. Oh, yeah. And, right. And so, how did that work and not work? What was your purpose of doing that? And then now, what are you? How are you wanting to integrate that in a bit of a different way? You know, here we are a year later from this right. Shift. Okay. So yeah, so I had that whole shift happen, and then I. Um, well, I had the experience with my great grandfather happen and then DCI short, shortly happened after that. So I was already a changed person as soon as the experience with my great grandfather happened. I just wasn't sure, like, how do I implement this in my business now? Like, do I continue to hide from people? Like, do I continue to not talk about spirituality and the things that mean a lot to me? Because at the time, my perspective was that if I were to come out of this spiritual closet, if people were to know my truth of who, who I am and what it is that I'm really all about, because spirituality has always been in my life. I've always been spiritual. I feel like I was born already awakened to some level. I just needed the confirmation and the great grandfather experience gave me the permission and the confirmation that I felt like I was waiting for my whole life. So Um, I I had this limiting belief that if I were to come clean and tell everybody like, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, this is what I believe, that people would no longer like me or that they would be scared or that they would see me as evil, especially here in San Antonio, because I grew up like around very religious people. I went to Catholic school. I was always very consciously aware of the people around me and like the parents of the students that I went to school with and I would hear them how they talk. And so I I grew up with this belief that I was bad and that if people knew what I'm really about, that I would lose, I would lose my clients, that they would be scared of me or that they think that I went crazy. So that was a big fear, unfortunately, that I had to, well, not unfortunately, but at the time, it was, it felt unfortunate that I was going through that. I wish I I could have not seen it from that perspective, but I had to in order to get the clarity that I'm at now, realizing that that was a limiting belief, that that wasn't real. What I've learned through doing shadow work was that, because unfortunately, okay, this is where the unfortunate part comes to play, because once I did, um, Once I did transition my business and start telling people like, okay, I'm going to not do facials anymore. You're going to get this new esthetician that I'm, that I've now hired. 
and here you go and bye basically just telling everybody okay bye <laughs> i don't know when i'm going to see you you can come see me for soul purpose sessions the way that i handled that what i've realized through doing shadow work is that my abandonment wound showed up hardcore in in that moment when I was doing the way that I was going about my business, because I believed that I was going to get abandoned if they knew the real me. And so I wasn't really preparing anyone. Like I wasn't even like men, I was not talking about it. I, I did one video and that was the only video I ever did. And I was basically just sending everybody the link. Cause I was trying to hide from everybody. Like, I don't want to see you in person and tell you what the heck I'm doing. Like, here's a video. You were kind of pushing them away. So you didn't have yes. to rejection. Yes. And so I, I did end up losing clients because of that. Um, so now with where I'm at after doing the shadow work and realizing like, oh, like maybe if I had just been honest with them and prepared them, like not be afraid of their feedback, not be afraid of the resistance that they might show me, um, then maybe like things would have been different. Maybe I would have still had a lot of those clients coming to me. But anyway, now with the business, I'm, I haven't, I guess like that karmic cycle is back here front and center for me to revisit because I'm, I'm in the process of rebranding and I want to start over, start, start over where I messed up back then <laughs> with really like telling, like being more vocal, being more present, really communicating with the clients. What I've learned about myself is that connection is very, very important to me. Um, and through learning how to actually connect from people and not just blocking myself off from receiving the feedback and receiving their energy. Um, I've realized like, okay, this is a fear I need to overcome. Like, let's just get curious. Let's see what happens and let's do things from a clearer perspective. And that's something that I don't think I've ever done before. So this is like a huge transition for me with the rebranding. That's beautiful. Um, and you know what I'm really <laughs> like, what came to me is the image of like, when you're learning to ride a bicycle or something, right? Like you're not going to get on a bike and just like ride it. You're going to fall and you're going to get some scrapes. And so I think of your experience last year when you were like just coming out of the spiritual closet mm -hmm. as you put it um you're doing what you need to to kind of protect that because that was new right that had been like tamped down you were in the closet now you're yes. out and you're like okay I need to protect this part of me and this is the only way I know how but now yeah. here you are a year later and mm -hmm. you've learned from that and so that was like part of the process it's like it doesn't need to be that I mean, I understand how we talk to ourselves like this. Like, I wish I didn't do that or it would have been better if right. I didn't. But maybe that was exactly what it took to get you to here now to be happy mm -hmm. to do the rebranding and seeing like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like, even if I lost those clients, whatever, maybe I wouldn't have had to lose them all. But now I'm going to rebrand and maybe some of them will come back. Maybe they won't. But I'm going to attract this whole other set of clients that's yes. much more aligned with me. Exactly. Now. That's that's exact. That's the exact goal is to not limit myself, to not just say like, no, nobody's going to resonate. Cause that's what was holding me back from creating, or I guess mm, bringing more of the spirituality into the business was, I was afraid that no one needed that. Like everybody's super religious. Like I, my perspective was so limited. It was literally just attracting all the fear. Yeah. Um, 
But with the coaching, since I started doing that, I realized like, wait, like people need this, like people need a place like this, where it's not just a facial that they're getting, but it's like we take into consideration their energy and like what they truly need as a human being. It's not just a one and done facial. Okay. You got great skin now, but it's like a whole energy reset that happens and the connection that the clients have with the staff and with me, like there's so much that goes on into it that I want to tune more into moving forward that I don't think I was really seeing or appreciating before. And I feel like all of this ties into my own worth, um, like the abundance blocks and all of that, um, which is something I've been trying to tackle as well. And it just it's all aligning perfectly with what I'm doing now with the business. The timing is just so good. I love that. And when I think about it, when I think about your business or um, the type of business that you have in general, it's interesting because yeah. Okay. So on one level it is about, let me have good skin. Right. Mm -hmm. But it always is also about being pampered and receiving and being willing to do that and being in the feminine, even if it's a man getting a facial, like, but being in that receiving end of things. And so even though I can completely see why it felt separate for you, the fact is, is that this is like on a rudimentary, a guttural level, this is already what's happening in this, in this industry, even though it's not really Mm -hmm. talked about. And so you're just expanding that and deepening that experience um, for the people that you're serving. And, And also what I'm thinking like from this whole business end is that it's okay for you not to be the one giving the facials anymore. And maybe that was the only way for you to get out of being that. Yeah. Because you're the businesswoman, you're the owner, you're the dreamer, you're the, that's, that's like the role you're stepping into. And maybe it took that to get there. Yes. Cause that was so hard for me, um, was to stop not doing the facials anymore after having been an esthetician for like, I guess at the time, maybe eight years or nine years. Um, it felt like I was this was the only thing that I knew and I knew that I was really good at it. And I knew that the clients only ever wanted to see me. So that was really hard for me to like let go of and, and to be able to grow my business. And um, that was something I had to tell the clients was that like, I'm sorry, I'm leaving, but I can't like, in order for me to grow, I can't be doing the facials anymore, unfortunately for you guys. But Um, but the staff that I have now, like they, they're so wonderful. I really feel like I have angels that are working for me. Um, and I'm also trying to get them to believe more in their own confidence. So I'm even like coaching them too. (laughs) I love that. And you know, what's come to me, which I I guess maybe it's because you talked about the religion and I know that, um, Christianity and Catholicism aren't the same thing, um, but Mm -hmm. have similar roots, Bible, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but some metaphors and like things are come thoughts are coming to me around this is like, you're moving into being more of a shepherd role Mm -hmm. and you can now tend to your flock, so to speak, and create more people like, like Jesus and the disciples. It's like, there's more, the, the word can be spread further, the help, the love, the care of what, what your onus was when you went into this career 
But now if you want to grow that, that's how you do it. And so you you mentioned a couple of times that you stepped away from it, but I, but, and I see why, because you stepped out of the role of actually doing the facials, but you didn't really step away from it. You've deepened your investment into it by shepherding these other people. Yeah. And and then when I think of the religion as well, I think about like, if we go back to like actual, like literally Jesus Christ um, in that time, which, you know, it's steeped in all sorts of historic, like, is it Judy? Is, is it this? Is it that? Right. <laughs> but before they entered their homes, they washed their feet. Mm-hmm. There was a care. It was important to care for your body. Mm-hmm. And so that actually can speak to the local community that you're in this like religious deep southern well central texas yeah <laughs> environment and that coupling of you know mexico and texans mm-hmm. and and all of this energetic and really find a, a creative way to just be like here we we need to care for ourselves like your great grandparents did and your and your grandmother and, and all of that. It's like a really beautiful, um, uh, canvas. Yeah. Yeah. The self-care aspect, I've realized the importance of it as a ritual as well, because it teaches well, what I've learned through my psychic mentor trace was that, cause I, I was actually telling him, it's funny that you mentioned the, wa- the washing of the feet, but I was telling him one day I was like, i I've been doing this weird thing where I just feel the need to wash my feet. And he was like, Oh, Sunny, it sounds like you're just energetically cleansing. Like, yeah, like you're cleansing your energy by, by doing that. And he was telling me about like showers, like how he takes a shower and he, he cleanses his energy at night by taking a shower, like a, I don't know what he calls it. Like, I guess an energy cleanse shower. Um, But I feel like that's what's happening with the facials is like, we're literally clearing people's energy through the the facials. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. And in terms of like the branding and everything, I think it'll just be really natural. I mean, when I say I think, I mean, I, I feel like intuitively and my gut that it will be you'll, you'll come up with the right branding, the right rebranding, and it won't be obtrusive to people that aren't ready to go into this like deep spirituality, but yet they'll still be able to benefit. Right. So that ripple effect is going to be so abundant and beautiful. Yeah. That's the plan. (laughs) It's the little (laughs) secret plan that we have that I've been cultivating for a while now, but that is finally going to manifest. So I really appreciate you for feeling into that for me because I still have little fears that pop in here and there since I've never done this before. Well, that's, you know, that's part of like being an entrepreneur or, um, you know, a sole purpose entrepreneur or a transformational entrepreneur is that we're, we're pioneers in that sense, right? We're taking um we're walking grounds that haven't been walked before yeah yeah fears are going to come up that's exactly what we're doing here honestly all of us that are on this mission is like creating something that's never been done before like we have to be the first ones to initiate this change absolutely absolutely and that's and i think that's when like you mentioned um or we've spoken about a little bit of like you know where are the others and am I alone? And this is, mm-hmm. but, but we're coming together and, and we're mm-hmm. sort of 
seeing each other's lighthouse beacons and able to align and know that we each have our own gifts. We're not in competition, but we can help each other kind of raise the vibration and create this as being, you know, a normal part of society and really reclaiming, right? Because nature and femininity and um, alchemy, it was all around until Mm -hmm. a couple of thousand years ago, this was the way of Mm -hmm. humanity. And so we're kind of reviving something that was there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I always say, I feel like we are the ancestors. Like we're, we're back again. Like we're here, we're doing things better than ever before. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this conversation. This has been so amazing for me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really loving it. I'm feeling so energized. I was kind of fatigued today. And now uh-huh. I feel like I took a shot of espresso or something. I don't really <laughs> drink caffeine anymore, uh-huh. but I'm like, cause I get jittery and like not yeah. good feelings, but I feel like back in the day when I could have a shot of espresso and feel like really awesome. That's how I feel right now. Good, I'm glad. Um, so upon closing, I just want to um, invite you to share where people can find you, anything you might want to share for offerings or just, you know, plug yourself so our audience can, can find you. Okay. So I'm hoping that with time, people can find me in more spaces, but for now with where I'm at, you can find me through Instagram, which is meaningful.creative. Um, I do try to post free content on there to help people question a little bit about themselves, doing a little bit of shadow work with the questions that I um, offer in my uh, description of the, I guess the captions of the photos. And uh, you can also find me on YouTube. And I believe that my YouTube name is Ancient Soul Awakening. Um, If you can't find me on there, you can definitely find me on the Instagram and I have links to the YouTube on there. And then for the people that are local in San Antonio and they want to schedule with me, they can schedule through the skintreatspa.com website. I don't think the name's going to change. I think I'm going to keep it. So for now, that's where you can find me on the website to schedule a session with me. That's so perfect. And can I assume that if you do rebranding in terms of names that you'll Mm -hmm. keep the Instagram where you'll have whatever you have, however you do that link tree or whatnot, that they can find the updates in there? Yes, definitely. Okay, great. Thank you so much. This was just such a fruitful conversation. I feel so ah, whole right now. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your stories with me too. Cause like I have more, like, I want to know more about your past life session where you did it on yourself. Like I want to have a whole conversation about that, but thank you for, for sharing that about yourself with us in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Thank you so, so much. Sunny, it was just so amazing to have you here. And I love your name. It really speaks to who you are as a person. You are a beautiful ray of sunshine. And um, our audience, um, I hope you love this. I think you will get a lot of value out of it. And thank you for listening to this episode of Speak with Brandy B. Love. Looking forward to next time as always. Bye-bye.